Let us let us begin the public hearing. So uh, with that, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Milton Board of Appeal. Uh, this is the continued hearing of the application of the provisions of Chapter 40B relative to 936 Russia Road. <clears throat> My name is Frank O'Brien. I'll be acting as chairman for this hearing. Joining me are board members uh, Jeff Mullen and Nicholas Gray. Uh, this evening, just to set the stage for uh, what folks are going to be uh, watching this evening is, the, is, is this. Uh, the board has completed uh, its extensive uh, public hearing uh, uh, relative to the evidence portion of uh, this particular application. Uh, the last evidence hearing uh, was on September 29th, uh, 2022. Uh, the evidence portion of the hearing was closed pending the submission of an additional peer review document from the uh, town's engineering traffic uh, peer reviewer. And that was indeed uh, submitted uh, by Mr. Sean Reardon on via a letter dated October 3, 2022. And that letter was uh, submitted pursuant to an agreement amongst the parties. So uh, at this stage, uh, the public record for the hearing is you know, insofar as the evidence portion of it is complete. And for those uh, folks who may be interested, uh, all of those materials are available uh, in the 40B portion of the Town of Milton website. So this evening, uh, what we'll, we will be beginning is the deliberation portion of the hearing. And these deliberations are public under the provisions of the open meeting law. And so the board will, uh, over the course of uh, the next several meetings, <clears throat> begin its review of uh, various draft documents, uh, draft uh, decision, uh, draft exhibits, uh, et cetera. I would emphasize to members of the public that these are drafts. At some point in time, a formal decision, a formal vote uh, by the board will be taken uh, when the board is satisfied that it has reviewed uh, the drafts that have been prepared uh, by its consultant and others. Uh, so all of the documents, all of the discussions are draft only, and no one should read into it whether there has been a decision made one way or the other. There is no official decision made on the part of the board until an actual vote is taken, and that will be somewhere on down the road in this process. Also, during the course of this uh, part of the public hearing, there will be no direct input by members of the public unless specifically requested by the board. Uh, typically, 
the non-board members who participate in this process are consultants or others who have been invited to assist the board. On occasion, the board may reach out to a particular peer reviewer, the applicant, or some other party for a specific question. But at this point in time, no additional testimony will be heard uh, by the board as, as I have mentioned, the public record is closed. So what you'll be seeing tonight are members of the board reviewing various documents, discussing uh, various language changes, what goes in, what goes out of the decision. Um, and that is the process. So uh, both Mr. Gray and Mr. Mullen and I uh, have been involved in this many times in other cases before the board. And uh, we have also been involved in this in previous 40B decisions. Um, I would also mention that under the provisions of 40B and its accompanying regulations, the board has 40 days from the close of the public hearing on which to render a decision. And uh, given that the record of the public hearing by my account closed on September 29th, I believe the deadline for this under the 40 day rule, if I could call it that is November 17th. Does anyone disagree with my uh, ability to do arithmetic? Does not appear so. So um, at this point, uh, Mr. Sawinski, it doesn't appear that Ms. Barrett or Ms. Richard doesn't appear that Ms. Barrett has uh, been able to join us yet. Is that correct? That is correct. I don't see her. Okay. Tim, have you spoken with Ms. Barrett? Judy is on the road um, coming down from Maine right now. She said that she intended to call in. Um, so I think we can expect her. Um, this is hopefully sooner rather than later, but um, her, her intent was to call in um, to the hearing tonight. Okay. Um, gentlemen, uh, uh, a draft of an initial draft of a uh, proposed decision uh, was provided to members of the board uh, before the meeting. Uh, the draft that uh, I have before me is approximately uh, 30 pages long. It does not currently include uh, the draft conditions. I understand that Ms. Barrett did not have uh, a word version of that. Uh, I don't know if she has been subsequently provided with one. I do know that a uh, PDF version of it and there, I understand there may be some conversion related issues. You talk about the waivers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my initial plan for this evening would be uh, to uh, review the initial draft of the decision. Uh, there are a number of holes that I've already identified which would need to be filled, uh, which I think would, would need some uh, uh, discussion by members of the board. Um, 
is that initial plan um, meet with your expectations? Yeah, that's fine. I, I think we should um I think we should take a look at these waivers too if we can. Yeah. <clears throat> um what would you which would you prefer to start with you would you prefer to start with the decision or would you prefer to start with the waivers i could go either way judy's going to join i think it would be better to do the waivers with judy there because i as i read her email she wanted to know about whether there were issues with the waivers that's right. what i took from that email right and my only issue with the decision frank is you know we just got it yeah i just i haven't read it Okay. You know, okay. so, I mean, I've read it, but I haven't spent yeah, with it. I know. I, I, I spent Sunday. With, I had the advantage of spending Sunday with it. Um, they just come in last night? Yeah, but I I went ahead and started to do it oh. on my own, too. So, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I I had a day today, so I was a little I was a little concerned that I wasn't going to have enough time to review stuff before I came in. So, uh, okay, I mean, looking at it, you know, it it looks and feels like the other. Let me say this: uh, Do you want to have a discussion? Or I, I'd like, you know, what I'd like to have. I think that there, a lot of this is very very similar to the Amor Road the outline for the Amor Road decision and the outline for earlier decisions that the board has produced. I mean, as you guys know, as the board knows, there are, there's a certain format for these things. And we've, we've learned the hard way that we kind of need to follow that particular format for no less reason than uh, economy for our time, for our time. <laughs> consultants and also by doing that you make sure that you haven't forgotten anything um so uh, as i said a lot of this is is at least initially informed based on the amor road decision yeah um but amor road and brush hill road are two different you know while a lot of the stuff is similar there are specific differences that have to be uh, put in place relative to this. <clears throat> so, um, so my, my you, you answer you asked how you would want to proceed. I mean, I, I think I think it would help Judy to hear the conversation about the waiver. So maybe you want to start with the draft of the decision first. Yeah, okay. It might start. be helpful just to make some preliminary comments about about where this is headed. Yeah. Um, would you care to start? <clears throat> I, mean, I, I was just going to share like with, the, I was going to share with the board that I read the materials. I read Mr. Reardon's letter that I was concerned about the last meeting. And I read, I, I read this permit application, the draft of the permit application once, but I need to read it in more detail to, to give you quality comments. My sense is, you know, subject to this deliberation, that this is an application that can be approved with conditions. Um, and I, I think that um, the local concerns can be addressed through the conditions that the board decides upon. In terms of this draft, 
A lot of it is generic, as you say. One thing I th I think is lacking is an expression, and I you know Judy acknowledges it in the draft. I think we need to work a little bit more on the the um, <clears throat> the conditions that um, Mr. Galvin and his team uh, had articulated. Just just to flush that out, that's one that was one takeaway from my read. But on balance, and and, and I wanted to, I think we should have a more detailed conversation about the waivers, but. On balance, I, I think that that's where this app, uh, that, that, that's my sense of where this is headed. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Gray, would you like to make some? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I, it's the, the room for the board to deny, outright deny an application, given that Mil the town isn't not yet meeting one of the two prongs for a safe harbor is pretty limited. Um, and I, I think that, um, that Mr. Mullen is correct that with the, with the right set of conditions that it's likely that this project could be approved. I mean, it was subject, of course, to our discussion about it and, and, and our deliberations. I may change my mind, uh, after listening to you guys talk, but that's kind of where I think, um, you know, where, I, where I'm headed at the moment. Um, again, subject to what we just, you know, our further discussions as we deliberate on this. Thank you. Well, I agree with my fellow board members. I, I do think that um, this application with the um, drafting of, of appropriate conditions um, is at a place where it uh, could be approved. Uh, if you look at the overall standard for 40B, which essentially, to paraphrase, if you will, uh, that um, in order for it to be denied, local concerns would have to outweigh the regional need for affordable housing. Given the status of that particular situation here in the town of Milton, um, I think it's a judgment call. And in my view, uh, the local concerns can be mitigated with appropriate conditions. And as a result, would not outweigh the regional need for the type of housing that 40B is designed uh, to produce. And that presupposes that we're able to um, produce uh, conditions that are acceptable uh, there are a number of issues, but I think as a starting point, uh, it sounds to me like the board is in general agreement. So, all right. Um, so, with those opening statements, uh, perhaps um, is it the board's pleasure to begin to? Uh, take a, a preliminary look at uh, the initial uh, draft of the decision, understanding that uh, further and more intensive review uh, and deliberation by the board and study by the members of the board will, will take place. And this is a preliminary uh, review, preliminary comments. Uh, I would almost uh, equate it to initial issue spotting, if you will. Uh, 
some ways I feel like I'm back in law school briefing a case. So, sound good? Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, the initial uh, page, which lists paragraphs one, two, three, and the beginning of four, um, the it is uh, we have here some actually the first several paragraphs uh, going on to the second page. We have the initial um, uh, review, the procedural history of. Uh, the uh, the case uh, I've taken a look at it initially. I I do think it needs to be reviewed with uh, a weather eye, as there are some uh, there are a lot of details and numbers here that uh, we just need to make sure that they are all correct from an editing uh, point of view. Um, the um, some of these, uh, particularly some of the dates in paragraph three, uh, will change as the board. I'm sorry, Frank. Frank, before you operation. talk about paragraph three, could, could sure. but the, on the on paragraph two, just I mean, I'm assuming people listening to this, they don't have the draft, so let me just say what the paragraph says. Point, thank you. I'm sorry about that. It talks about a board to the it talks about a letter to the board acknowledging that the board was entitled to stay the opening of the public hearing and it references other applications that were pending. It doesn't add anything else. I mean, we didn't stay this, right? Or did we stay this? And I'm wondering what's the purpose of that that paragraph? I, I actually don't remember if we stayed this or if this was postponed on account of the pending other applications. If that's the case, then I think that makes sense. Well, otherwise, I don't know that it adds anything, and I'm wondering what what's going on there. Maybe, maybe you just put a marker down. It just struck me as okay. I mean, that, that might be a good fact, but it doesn't add to the decision, as far as I can tell, unless we acted on it. You raise it. You know what? You raise a good point. Um, I think we should mark that for further review. I do. Um, Could we, um, I don't have it in front of me, but could we put it up on the screen? Is that possible? Because if I, I if, if I'm remembering correctly, this was, you know, these applications for 16 Amor, 936 Brush Hill and 728 Randolph Ave came in while the board was still reviewing Blue Hill Ave, Blue Hills Parkway and East Milton. Um, which under the regulations, we are allowed to stay the opening of um, hearings on additional applications if we have active hearings for a certain number of units, which we did. Yeah, so that's exactly I think, what that paragraph's about, Tim, but what, uh, what I'm not sure on, it doesn't, but it doesn't say that we did stay it. That's all I'm saying. I just, you know. Um, that, that's the purpose. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, I was going to say I could, I'm not technically a wizard with Zoom, but I could try to share my screen if I opened up that, that Word document, which I have open at the moment. 
would that work is that yeah you know what i just tried to do it and i don't have i don't have permission to do it so crystal can you give me permission to share a screen yeah it's it's everyone should be able to i i have it on share screen um I'm, I'm getting a message. Why. Most disabled participants can be sharing. All right, let me double check. Yeah, I I, ha I have it on. I'm not sure why it's doing that. Hold on. Okay, um, I can I can do it now. On a second. Is it still working? Yeah, I can do. Uh, I can do it now. Okay. <clears throat> Look at that. There we are. All right. Can you guys see my screen? Yes. yes. All right. Fabulous. So. Oh, I, I see. I see what Jeff is saying there. That it says that the board receives a letter from the applicant acknowledging. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but it doesn't actually say, and then the board stayed the hearing. So I, I was a little confused about that, but reading that, I, I get it precisely. So, I mean, if there was, you know, the, the, the way that that stay functioned was, it was sort of a series of continuations so we should probably go back and just get the dates of those hearings. There were maybe two or three where it was just open for the purpose of continuing, you know, um, the, the agreement that we had with the applicant was sort of to do, it was something like monthly check-ins, you know, to see when the other hearings would have closed. So, you know, there's probably a series of dates we should, we should get in there. I can, I can go back and look for the dates tomorrow. It's for, you want them for every single hearing we've had, right? Um, yeah, and and the, the the first handful would be non-substantive hearings. It was just a quick minute, open and close. Okay. Um, but they would have they would have been they would have been posted and 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 whatever. Um, right. So. Okay, I'll double check it tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what, uh, Jeff? Thank you for for pointing that out. I I dived into it a little too a little too quickly because. Um, looking at this there's like there's um looking at past decisions um there were one of the things that is missing here at least i didn't did not see it in the screen that in the screen that i'm sharing is the verbiage that notes that uh, there were covid related uh, restrictions, uh, COVID-related delays, uh, and uh, emergency orders, which told the public hearing and things like that. I know that that particular language, for example, was in the Amor Road decision. And since the Amor Road decision, since the Amor Road case was being considered around the same time that this one was progressing, I wonder if those co that COVID-related language, remote meeting stuff like that, would also need to be included here in the procedural history. 
protocol. No, no objection to that. I mean, whatever is appropriate. Yeah. Um, paragraph three, which deals with the opening of the public hearing and the dates that it was continued on. Um, is consistent with some language that I think I provided the language to um, Ms. Barrett relative to paragraph three. And I went through the record and um, put those dates in. Um, if, if Ms. Rich or Mr. Sawinski just would, would care to double check uh, me on those dates. Um, and of course, there are um, some dates that need to be added relative to the uh, dates for the board's uh, consideration of, of the decision. Uh, that would be uh, that would be helpful. Um, Also, what would be helpful, Tim, is in paragraph four, uh, I grabbed the assessor's map information from one of the submissions, I believe, from the applicant. And I just want to uh, uh, double check that uh, the identification on the Milton assessor's map uh, is correct. Um, I did go to the Milton. Uh, uh, the assessor's website and double check that, but um, I've learned that you got to make sure it's you got to triple check stuff. I will I will triple check that first thing tomorrow. I know it's a minor detail, but um, the verbiage in paragraph. Five, which is a brief uh, discussion of the physical location of uh, the site. Um, that's consistent with how the site is described in uh, some of the materials um, that had been provided by the applicant, um, at least in their initial filing. Um, I use the term near Curry College as opposed to adjacent or what have you. Uh, I hope that that adjective is acceptable to, to the board. If not, um, that's fine. Well, it certainly is near, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have any additional comments relative to uh, six, seven, and eight. The uh, six, seven, eight, and nine, uh, for the most part, because it it, it lists the uh, the players in this little uh, drama. Yeah, the only, the only thing about nine is um, I, I know that Mr. Galvin rep represented some of the abutters, but I don't 
believe he represented all of the abutters. That was one point. And then thematically, I thought we heard consistently from uh, uh, the, the neighbor across the street, uh, the neighbor uh, whose property is directly to the left, if you're looking at the property, and then the folks on Cushing Road who were consistently represented and expressed concerns about traffic. So um, I just think I, th I think this paragraph can be significantly enhanced with 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 some texture on uh, on, on those uh, that I think could inform the 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 the, the final result. You know what I would I would agree, and then there's a later paragraph um, that deals with certain notices that need to be sent out when various activities go on. Um, and it wasn't clear to me, for example, if uh, Attorney Galvin represented the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association, or if it was those types of notice should be sent to. Um, the, the president of the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association, stuff like that. So I think that that bears some that that bears some looking up. And of course, also in that area, um, the concerns of the uh, abutters obviously. Um, uh, need to be summarized. And um, in, in my view, the concerns very briefly um, that had been expressed by Mr. Galvin and the abutters and other members of the public uh, concerned uh, the density of the development, uh, the capacity of the site, um, fire department slash public safety access to uh, the site in the event uh, of an emergency. Uh, the number, size, and uh, materials that would be used in uh, the construction of several of the required retaining walls. Uh, Parking, um, traffic issues, and in particular, traffic issues involving uh, the driveway sightline issues. So, those are the ones that I identified initially um, as issues emanating um, and which would require further exploration, further drafting, and maybe. Um, there are others that I haven't articulated, but that was my quick review of my notes uh, relative to that. Um, one of the things that I did not list in, in that is um, um, drainage and landscape, drainage uh, screening, uh, essentially landscape issues. So I do think that Paragraph nine needs to be uh, uh, beefed up relative to uh, listing those issues as well. Am I missing anything? 
Um, I was going to say exterior lighting and uh, light of headlights proceeding out of the garage, but that might be included in your um, in the landscaping discussion. But certainly that was, you know, the, the external lights on the property was was a concern as well. I think, it, I think it I think it got enough attention to probably merits a mention. I think so. The, I mean, there, the, and there, in, in, in response, there was a lighting plan, a, a analysis, and stuff. So yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think it's it, we should discuss it. We need to consider conditions about it as well. <clears throat> All right. I would invite the members of the board to. Um, these are the these are the uh, issues that I that I thought. Okay. Just uh, just to show folks on the list. As you can see, um, and of course, uh, my skills as, as a typist are uh, on uh, display for all to criticize here. So, um, no judgment. Um, so, just a, a a quick quick list here, and um, I will I will add uh, lighting. So I will, this will be shared as well. So um, I want to make sure that we summarize in a fair way, um, in a laundry list kind of way, at the very least, uh, the concerns of the abutters and other members of the public relative to this. Uh, Mr. Brian, are we included? Did you already mention in your list? I've tried to make the notes. Uh, anything about the the discharge of overflow of water? Um, I did not. Um, I, I did say, um, I did say drainage issues, but yeah. I did not. Now, just going back over my notes from their um, presentation to see if I can uh, pick anything up. I mean, th there were test pits, that, additional test pits that they people wanted dug and they were dug. Um, yeah. Um, the, the latest letter from Tetra Tech is very helpful in that regard because a lot of the issues uh, were engineering issues, if you will. Uh, and that letter was, was, was helpful, at least I thought it was helpful in summarizing a, a lot of the stuff between yep. that and uh, the notes. But again, my notes aren't perfect, so. Um, also, of course, reviewing the materials that um, Mr. Galvin also uh, presented as well in terms of, um, so that needs, that needs to be, uh, that needs to be worked on. Any objection to, to moving on to paragraph 10? No. Nope. Okay. I mean, to your uh, earlier point, you know, this is the first version of this. So I, I, you know, I know people are looking at this for the first time and I think 
I mean, with respect to your edits, Frank, we are too. So, yeah, this is this needs this has to be considered a rough draft. Yeah, yeah. There's no way I'm submitting this to the professor for a grade. So, <laughs> no, but it is it is uh, it's part of the process, and it's part of the process that people will see because of the public uh, the open meeting law. Uh, this is how the sausage gets made, I guess. I was uh, just thinking that same phrase. Yep. So um, I'm going to try to uh, move on from cliche land and try not to delve into that anymore this evening. But um, moving on to uh, paragraph 10, uh, this one was, per this is pretty basic. It just, um, these are the dates as far as I could uh, ascertain uh relative to the um, um I believe these are the dates that the uh additional second yeah these are the dates where um the applicant submitted revised plans. And as you can see, the initial plans, first revision, then, then second and final revision um, on these particular dates. Uh, and um, these dates are both from my notes and from the dates of the uh, particular presentations. Um, the next paragraph is uh, based upon the um, I believe that this was was um, this is based on the initial peer review peer review uh, the letter that was submitted to the board on June 27th. If I recall, that was the second or third communication from our architectural peer review consultant, uh, Cliff Bomer. And um, these are, uh, uh, and the um, initial review of, um, the uh, comments that were contained uh, in that submission. Um, this as well is one of those ones that I question whether we have captured the full range of um, comments that were provided to the board. I also um, think that some of this language uh, may need to, to be uh, reviewed and considered. And so paragraph 11 in particular is one of those areas that I think the board, uh, I know in your review and reading of it, uh, I think it would be one of those paragraphs to take a look at and are we saying the right things in the right way um, on that in terms of the comments that were received uh, on uh, from the architectural peer review consultant. And uh, have we captured all of them?
Um, similarly, in paragraph 12, though it is a little bit shorter, uh, these are the comments of the uh, uh, board civil engineer and traffic consultant. Um, and uh, this verbiage is actually drawn directly from uh, the final comment letter. And basically, almost everything um, uh, has been addressed, and that those conditions that have not, those issues that have not been addressed specifically uh, in uh, the letter, there are a, a, a number of um, suggestions that Mr. Reardon makes for specific conditions to be included uh, as part of this decision. Um, and uh, I think that, that at, at the appropriate time, those would be included uh, and incorporated at the appropriate place in this decision. So um, I think that uh, uh, Mr. Reardon's last uh, submitted letter um, bears careful review. Again, it's one of those ones I want to make sure that we've got everything. Um, not that I want to get into necessarily get into wordsmithing every every line in this thing, but um, 12A, the first two words kind of jump off the page to me a little bit. Is it almost most of the original? Can it be either most or almost all, but not almost most? Um, <laughs> I don't know what almost most means. So <laughs> really, that's... Uh, uh, happy, happy to make that. Happy to make that. There, there's, there's, there's a giant change. Happy to make that change. Um, Thirteen is self-explanatory, obviously. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I think that generally speaking, uh, the next session, the governing law and the paragraphs in. Uh, Roman numeral two, governing law, paragraphs 14, 15, 16, and 17, which are now on, on the screen. Um, I don't want to denigrate them. They're needed. Every decision needs to list out what the governing law is, but essentially it's boilerplate. Um, um, Can someone just verify that that's what's been in the uh, board's decisions consistently? Um, I can tell you that this was drawn specifically from the Amor Road decision, so I think we'll go back and double check the other decisions as well. I mean, in terms of the boilerplate, um, are we are we not really up to um, item twenty one? I believe so. 
I think you are correct that at the beginning of Roman numeral three jurisdictional findings, the first several paragraphs, 18, 19, 20, are um, boilerplate um, as well. Um, <clears throat> is, would you say that most of 21 is as well? Yeah, I just was thinking about the dates, that's all. Yeah. Um, the, uh, let me double check 21, the date on 21. Yeah, that's the date of the PEL. You know, uh, we, as I said, a lot of, it's easy to make mistakes on dates and numbers. So a yeah. lot of these dates and numbers and, some, and the citations will have to double check to make sure that, that they're correct. Cause it's, it's just way too easy to screw up a citation or a date. I'm trying to do it on the fly, comparing the boilerplate to an old decision, but it's, it's probably better to do that um, more thoroughly off camera where we, you know, can really compare things as opposed to sitting here and trying to do it on the fly. But it, it, it's 17, the prior section, the governing law section looks, all, as far as I can tell, is nearly ident is identical uh, without actually, you know, doing a side-by-side -side comparison. Um, it's to what was in the previous decision that we worked on. I, I know that this language was, was drawn um, uh, on mass from uh, prior decisions. Um, um, with some additional language, for example, in um, paragraph 18, subparagraph um, D, it notes that a comprehensive permit was issued for uh, the units at Amor Road, but there have been um, no appeal has been filed on that. I, I believe the Amor Road decision was just uh, that was just last week. So yeah, there's time we're, yet. Yeah, we're in. We are in the appeal period. So um, if we're gonna if we're gonna cite where um, where Kent Nav was appealed to the uh, HAC, we should cite where the rentals were appealed. Um, it says they've been appealed by the abutters, but we ought to know to where they were appealed. I, I, I think we're in court on those. Okay. It's based on the mail that I get. We'll record all those. Is that for it can't nav? I don't know. There were three appeals, right? Blue Hill Avenue yes. was appealed. Yeah, 640 uh, can't nav was appealed. They are in court. Right. You just say, you know, to the land court or the superior court. I just don't remember exactly where they were appealed. I, I'm just saying, if we're going to say one was appealed to the, to the housing appeal, could we just, to be complete, we ought to. Yeah, you, you just say all well, East Milton was appealed to the land court. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, that's where it is now. It, it, it didn't go there initially, but it's been removed to the land court. Okay. Whatever. I mean, just. Yeah. 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 It, it's, a, it's a detail that it's a detail that matters. And as you guys, as everybody knows, 
the details in these decisions matter. So we'll, we can uh, we can get that. If I recall correctly, was it Blue Hill Ave Superior Court? I, I'll, I'll speak to our um, our 40B counsel tomorrow about this because I think I think they were all appealed to Superior Court, and I think we are trying to get all of them into Land Court, and they're they they may be in different stages. So um, I'll talk to our counsel tomorrow and just make sure we have the uh, the fully up to date uh, version of that, and I'll get that to you, uh, Frank. Okay, let's just let's. Let's do a summary status. Let's not drive ourselves crazy by saying currently in Superior Court pending removal to land court or something like that. Just what's the current status? Let's let's not drive ourselves nuts there though. Okay. Um, Tim, is the, the statement in paragraph 19, is that essentially correct? Just give me half a second. You said paragraph 19? Yeah. That is not inaccurate. So, sure. Not inaccurate, but not <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, no, it's it, that that is a factual statement, um, undeniably true. That's all right. That's that's fine. I'm, I'm just I get accused of saying uh, I don't disagree with you a lot. So <laughs> sounds like Tim's been hanging around with a bunch of lawyers too. Much. I know. I I'm, I feel very bad for Tim. That was a very loyally answer he gave. Oh God. All right. Um, all right. I, Twenty is essentially boilerplate, I believe. Uh, Twenty-one is uh, it's it's uh, almost it's almost a form paragraph. Um, Just checking the date. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, We'll just need to double check those dates, double check the citations, um, uh, that sort of thing. All right, uh, factual findings, uh, Rome, Roman numeral four. Um, uh, paragraph 22, uh, the first sentence essentially replicates uh, the uh, location language found earlier in the decision. Um, the, um, the second paragraph there, uh, I'm sorry, the second sentence in that paragraph um, is a sentence that has been present in uh, prior decisions. Um, 
I just wonder why and what it adds. I mean, I just saying that in general, I don't have a particular objection to it. I just don't know why it's there. Yeah. I mean, it's not false, but it's also not um, comprehensive. Comprehensive. Thank you. Oh, I mean, you know, further to our initial discussion and Mr. Mullen's amazing status as the town's greatest bicyclist, I all of those amenities I know from personal experience are accessible by other means as well, you know. But if the, the real question is, do we need a sentence in that in that as you as you correctly point out, do we need a, a sentence in that section about that topic at all? Well, um, you know, I, I assume that it was there because um, there are regulations out there that encourage the applicant to comply with the Commonwealth's uh, smart growth uh, regulations, right? Which are encouraging dense development in areas that are more accessible than accessible by auto. I assume that was what that sentence was for. Okay. I, I was actually going to question if whether it's accurate since it's I mean, it is walkable to the Blue Hills, but um, you could you could walk. I mean, you know, it's not you, you could walk to File Meadow from there without much trouble. I know it's a narrow street. It's it's doable. Yeah, you could say primarily accessible primarily by car. <laughs> if I were a fact, if you know, if, I mean, I think it. I think it could be an important fact in another proceeding, potentially just. So. Okay. I think it would be more accurate if it said are accessible primarily by car. Well, so there were two things that were going through my mind when I was uh, was questioning this. Uh, one is a recent Boston Globe article because I've been sensitized to uh, a plethora of bicycle related transportation in the, uh, the regional area. Uh, the second is that in uh, on a more serious note, uh, there were a, a, a number of uh, folks who participated in the hearing who strongly questioned the accessibility of this particular site by bicycles, uh, pedestrians, uh, et cetera. I, so, I think their objections were mainly pedestrian. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, it, it does. Is it needed and does it go far enough? Is it needed? If it is needed, does it go far enough? Is, is my question. Well, I think I think we need to decide. I'm sorry, Jeffrey. I, I, I think that we need to decide whether how accessible the site is. We need to make a finding of fact about it. If we find it's accessible by other means, we should probably specify what means we actually find it to be accessible by. I don't think we have to decide that this evening, but I want to raise that because I yes. do think it is something that I think the members of the board um, may want to wrestle with. Um, again, because it was such a uh, dare I say, bone of contention during the course of uh, several of the public hearings with, again, 
several members of the public speaking quite strongly on, on that issue. So. What you could do, I mean, you might, you might have another sentence. So the, the, the other issue that people can, uh, objected to was its proximity to the commuter rail station, right? With the, right. Yesterday, yeah. National Block there. And while it's not far, nobody walks there and everybody knows nobody walks there. That is correct. Probably That's because you have to walk up the mountain to get down there, right? So, um, you know, you could you could supplement that by saying something like that. You know, you could say the the, the board finds that the, the commuter rail station is not accessible. I don't I don't know that way. You could have touched it like by that. bike, but I I you know it's not a, it's not easily accessible by foot. It, I'm talking Reedville, right? yeah, the Reedville station itself, as opposed to Fairmont. Either one. Yeah. No. Either one. It would be a haul by foot. I mean, a, a hardy person could do it, but. It, it 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 you're right. No one is going to, I don't think, uh, in the morning try to do that. You could bike it, but then you need a place to lock it up. There, that's the issue for me. And I think there was also a fair amount of testimony that uh, it's it's not safely walkable for a pedestrian. I agree with that. that yeah, I mean that that was opinion by the by the. Um, by the abutters and yeah I, I think we can weigh that that certainly was their opinion okay okay anyway what i think i'm hearing is that there is a consensus on the part of the board that additional additional attention needs to be um, paid to the language in this particular uh, paragraph um, the the next paragraph, paragraph 23, again, in the- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The other thing that 22 two might say is that the, the site is um, is located on a scenic road. Yeah. Good point. And are trucks still banned on that road? I seem to recall that they are. I don't know if we want to get into that, but- Well, at some point in time, uh, with the trucking plan and stuff like that, that's going to have to be uh, that's going to have to be an issue, and yeah. we should discuss that at the appropriate point in the decision. Again, uh, there were significant concerns uh, raised, especially by folks who talked on behalf of the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association yep. concerning that. Yep. So. Um, um, okay to move to 23 and 24? Yep. Yes. I mean, 20, 23 and 24, again, are decisional in nature, but they're also, to my mind, um, uh, boilerplate decisional, if you will. Uh, and they are consistent with uh, the language and prior decisions issued by the, not only consistent, but uh, identical to uh, language contained in prior decisions by the board. So um, is there any need on the part of the board to uh, deviate uh, the language in these two sections? These I would say no. So. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So paragraph five is the draft decision uh, in and of itself. Um, and uh, again, boilerplate language with essentially the only uh, deviation is just the insertion of the correct number of units. And of course, whether the uh, comprehensive permit is granted or not. So. Um, all right. Any objection to moving to Roman numeral six? No. No. Um, so uh, the general conditions. Uh, again, a lot of these general conditions are general. <laughs> I don't know how better to describe them. Uh, and they are typically made applicable to uh, most or every every project, at least the ones I'm familiar with. Um, um, basically, A1 is thou shalt comply with the provisions of 40B uh, and the appropriate sections. Um, in A2, uh, basically, the uh, except as may provided in the conditions or in the final plans reference below. Um, projects in conformance with the plans and drawings listed in Exhibit A, which later on when we go down to Exhibit A, it's not there now, but in Exhibit A, we will need to have a listing of the final plans. And um, Mr. Mullen, I, I recall a, a hearing that you and I sat on where we got a little twisted around the uh, axle in terms of the terminology associated with plans because we had plans, final plans, final revised comprehensive plans. Um, um, I'm planning not to be as wrapped around this particular axle. So I just want to flag for folks that right now um, I'm trying to refer to this in this thing as final plans. And um, I want the plans in exhibit A to be the final plans or whatever, I, I want us to be consistent with the descriptions throughout so that we don't confuse um, the applicant, town officials, or members of the public as to what plan is, is which. Maybe Mr. Mullen, you could plan to take the lead in, in being the determiner of the uh, the plan verbiage. Okay. Okay. You, that's fine. You I have demonstrated that. expertise in that area. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. This seems to be much improved from where we started, though. I, I will say that. So we've learned a lot in the last couple, three years. So. Uh, yes, we have. Uh, it's still more lessons to be learned. I, I, I fear. Um, um, 
because you know already I see some of the language in A2. It's like final plans, approved plans. It's like okay, what's what and who's who. So, um, um, uh, A3 is again pretty boilerplate. Um, um, A4 is also boilerplate, but it's uh, the only changes are those changes which are consistent with the um, the number of rental units and the type of rental units that are are included in here. You know, the twenty rental units in in this particular uh, the count eight one. 8243 bedroom units is taken from the tabular summary of the project, which is included, which was included in the material submitted to the board during the hearing. So, so 20 units total divided up uh, in that way. Uh, this is obviously one of those ones we'll just have to double check. Um, by the way, um, while I'm thinking of it, um, one of the questions that came to my mind is this. Uh, I believe that there is a requirement in here that 25% of the units be deemed affordable. But I'm, at least I, in my limited search, I could not discern, and Tim, maybe you can help the board with this. I could not discern, um, you know, how the 25% is to be, um, what the mix of the 25% affordable is going to be. Is it going to be, you know, X number of one units, X number of two units, Y number of three bedroom units? How is the 25% uh, the going to be divvied up? Is that not articulated in the application anywhere? This, you this, know what? This I I couldn't I couldn't find it, but I might not have been looking in the right place. Yeah, let me let me take a spin. This may also be a good Judy question. Um, wh whether whether I mean, so there are regulations about you know they obviously have to be you know uh, comparable and proportional to you know the rest of the uh, the development, but there also has to be a certain number of family units. So. I, I, my recollection is that that is kind of, I, I actually know, strike that. I don't know what my recollection is. So we'll double check the application on that. And we'll check with Judy to see if that's typically kind of done, you know, via the sort of post decision process with um, mass housing and DHCD. Because that there is a, it's, it's laid out in A5. Okay. You can see it in the paragraph on this one where it is, two of the ones, two of the twos, and one of the threes. I just want to make sure that that's correct because- It certainly prorates it. Yeah. It's going to be, that's sort of the obvious solution, but your point is well taken. I just, I just don't want to take it on face value. I will, uh, I will. I will check on that tomorrow and um, and consult with Judy if if she doesn't join us tonight. 
Um, A6 deals with parking um, and I noted this particular paragraph as um, I think the numbers are correct, but this is one of those ones where I wanted to, I think that this paragraph may need a deeper dive. I just want to make sure that um, in attorney, there's a reference to a letter that the applicant's attorney provided to the board. Uh, this one is just one I think that needs um, another set of eyes and perhaps some editing on it. A7 is another is an example of um, just what are we calling plans because now in this paragraph we have approved plans. So, you know, I'll, I'll take a careful look at that as part of my review, Frank. No problem. Um, um, This paragraph A8 begins to uh, deals with the waiver list in exhibit B. Um, and it's, it's basically as requires the project to comply with everything that, unless it's been uh, all the requirements less specifically waived. Um, some of the requested waivers, uh, and this is boilerplate language uh, may have may have been may be granted conditionally by the board. Uh, we haven't gone through uh, the list of waivers yet, so I'm not fully certain if some of the waivers are conditional or not. But that's something that we will nail down as we go through our review of uh, the various waivers. Um, and um, it also goes on and again, there's a fair amount of language here, which is standard uh, regarding um, the impact of such waivers and granted under the provisions of 40B. Basically, they only go so far. Um, but um, this is one that at the appropriate time, we may need to revisit from a language perspective once we get our arms fully around the waiver list. That seems right. Um, Nine. Um, 
and 10 are basically uh, notice provisions uh, and set out um, who gets noticed uh, on what um, and in some cases uh, when um, and is is my understanding that that language is is uh, pretty standard as well. So the question I have there is, and I've had this on the other applications, just making sure that Tim, you know, your team and the building inspector, et cetera, are all comfortable with that because you, you've got to implement it, you know? Which, which one is this? We're talking about nine and 10 and notice provisions and, and how the uh, consultants work and the payments of the fees and things like that, you know? I mean, at this point, I, I'm sure you've 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 got a, pro, a, a process laid out, and one of our goals was to just make sure that process is consistent as applied. So, to the extent we were we were even thinking about modifying this, you'd you'd need to be comfortable with it. You also probably look at it, make sure that it works for you. But I'm assuming that you've passed on this language before. Yeah, I'll give this this particular one a look. Um, but if it's if it's based on, on we've kind of honed this stuff over the course of half a dozen approvals. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll give it another double check um, just to make sure it's it's good. Um, well, is also. Um, standard language as I understand it um, and Jim this is just something for you guys to make sure that you continue to be comfortable with um, um, yep. a13 um, um, snow storage um, I did not have a chance to review the plans. I, I looked very briefly, but um, I just want to confirm that there is a site designated on the approved plans um, for snow storage. I just, it didn't ring a bell. Uh, with me on that in a very cursory review of the plans just uh, something that needs to be double checked um and in a14 uh, the only question I, I have there, the board in the language there, except to the extent inconsistent with applicable law, the board hereby designates the town's building inspector. Um, I want to make sure that we're using the correct terminology uh, and is building inspector the correct terminology or should it be the building commissioner or his, his or her designee? Um, 
it's a very minor point, but I just want to make sure we're calling. Um, we're designating the right person by the right designation. I will check on that as well. Um, all right. Um, affordability. Um, the, um, again, most of this stuff to my eye in my review was consistent with earlier decisions and doesn't vary from, um, and the requirements don't vary from decision to decision and are in many respects, um, controlled by applicable statute and regulation. So um, I don't have any questions or comments on this. A, a, a question here, I probably have had this question before, is in that first line, are they, are, are they affordable in perpetuity or for the maximum period? allowed by law. Or is the maximum period allowed by law perpetuity? I can put that on my list. Yeah. I, I seem to recall you raising that question in an earlier case too <laughs> yeah i think so so in, while we're on that paragraph in that last sentence of it is is the applicant real is this part of the regulations that the applicant is is on the hook for making sure that they not that the affordable units are not only the tenants qualify which i understand but that they're that, that the tenants are required to make them their domicile and primary residence? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. It's just wondering how the applicant accomplishes that. An affidavit. Um, B2, uh, it requires that the regulatory agreement be recorded at the Registry of Deeds. Um, doesn't specify recorded by whom. The applicant. Yeah. But now it's going to say that, right, Frank? Huh? Now it's going to say that.
Yeah, well, all right. Um, B3 seems pretty straightforward. Any questions or comments relative to paragraphs B4, B5, and B6? No comments. Uh, nope, nothing yet. Not on the first draft. First draft. All right, C, submission requirements. Um, is, is there a definition section in this? I, at some point where something that's capitalized, like personally identifying information is defined? No, you just gotta find it where it first appears. So what does that mean? Capitalized terms are defined like when they first appear, you know? No, I, I know that, but I mean, is it defined in this instrument? Is what? Is personally identifying information defined? Oh, oh, oh sorry. I, I didn't understand the question. No, I'm not being clear. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I believe that there is a definition of PII in the Commonwealth's uh, data breach law. Okay. And, um, Maybe we want to reference that. I just, I'm just trying to make, I eliminate loopholes. I don't know. Let me let me look. I'll look at that. Okay. I believe it's defined in the data breach law. Okay. Okay. Um, submission requirements. Um, so a lot of, uh, if you will, meat and potato stuff in these next couple of pages, um, who gets what, when, what type of information um, related to a lot of the uh, you know, notices and things like that. Um, Tim, this strikes me as another one of those areas. It, I know it's consistent with earlier decisions. Uh, it's also, as I understand it, consistent with practice. It strikes me as one of those ones that as, as the town has gained more uh, experience with um, developments uh, either of a 40B nature or of some magnitude, um, does this stuff still work? And are there any tweaks that would need to be made to make it easier for both the applicant and other stakeholders to comply appropriately with it? So I'm actually in the middle of receiving submissions from the Ice House project. So 
I will, um, I'll take another closer look at this section C um, and kind of be able to give a little bit of a real time commentary on how it's working out. Um, but we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing okay so far. So, um, if it's based on previous decisions, I think we're in mostly good shape, but I'll, I'll give it a specific review and flag anything that I think might be problematic. Yeah. I mean, for example, I mean, uh, 1D proof that dig safe has been notified at least 72 hours prior to the start of any site work. Looks good to me on paper, but I have no idea if that is, uh, doable in the real world. So, you know, it's it, it, it stuff like that, just a just like, like a reality check. Yep, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a close look. Um, I, I think we want to have those things in there rather than not, um, you know, just to keep, I don't want to say keep the applicant on their toes, but you know, just as as a flag that we want to make sure that they're they're doing the right thing. So, um, but I'll give that a specific check, and I'll speak with the building commissioner as well. Um, you know, he's kind of in the thick of it with me on on the ice house, so um, we'll be able to provide some feedback. Okay. Um, in two. Um, um, this this is the notice uh, regarding um, an intention to begin work. This is this is um, I this is the the one that led me to, to agree with the point relative to um, the role, like what continuing role Attorney Galvin may have in terms of being provided notice and uh, so that he can in turn uh, provide notice to his clients. And um, I do believe that that the person in charge, the person who's heading the Cushion Road Neighborhood Association needs to be identified. I'm not particularly sure that Mr. Galvin was representing the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association. So I don't know if the uh, second and third line of this particular uh, paragraph is correct, but it was written in that way to, to raise the issue. Uh, I wanna make sure that we uh, have the right list of people who would need to receive this type of notice and whatever similar notices need to be made. Frank, was there in, in we, we literally just did it and it's already out of my mind, um, but you may, you, you sound like you reviewed that decision um, more recently than me. Did we identify a neighborhood group in the Amor Road decision? I know we identified council. I know we identified the abutters within 300 feet, um, but was there a named neighborhood group in that one? I don't recall. Um, you know, my, my, my concern with these things is, um, you know, when 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 you when when you say abutters within three hundred feet, that's very you know, we do that all the time. Um, you know, council for abutters who you know were participating in the hearing. You know, we know who Mr. Galvin is. You know, once you start to get into 
you know, other things like that. I mean, we know, you know, Ms. McIntosh spoke on behalf of the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association. I don't know if she's the president or just the spokesperson or whatever, you know, the, these groups are, you know, don't have the formality of, um, you know, uh, an abutters list. So I just want to make sure that when we identify groups or individuals that, you know, it's, it's in a capacity that we can get their contact information um, and have it, you know, if and when construction takes place, which, which may not be for, you know, a, a significant period of time, depending on how, you know, appeals go. Um, so if, if it's consistent with what we've done in previous um, approvals, that's fine. Um, but I just want to make sure that we're putting into these decisions, you know, actionable, um, you know, requirements. You know, I, I share that, I share your concern, and it was actually Ms. McIntosh um, who did speak, I believe, regularly. Uh, I think it was Lori McIntosh, um, I believe, who spoke regularly uh, on behalf of the uh, Cushing Road Neighborhood Association. I was, I was thinking of of, of her specifically. Um, you know, if if someone like that meets the other. I just want to make sure that the right people get the get the right notices at the right time. And I just think we need to make sure that we uh, we do that. Um, I am uh, looking at the Amor Road decision at the moment. Um, in that particular decision, um, Provide notice to the building inspector, planning director, and all abutters and abutters within 300 feet of those abutters and uh, the Milton Southwest Neighborhood Association through their council. So you can see that this language mirrors. Um, Yeah, I think I think the issue with that is that you know that is a group where sort of the Venn diagram of you know abutters who participated in the hearing through council and that named association the the, the Venn diagram is a circle. Those are the people. Um, if there's a question as to uh, so my, my my concern here is you know if Ms. McIntosh were to move next week, um, you know who do we send you know something to? And, and maybe we put a pin in this and figure out the best way to have some sort of contact on file, you know, with this approval. Um, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Um, we definitely want to make sure that people are informed, um, but, you know, just, we just want to be able to do it in a sustainable way that doesn't create uh, problems um, with noncompliance later on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, to borrow your verbiage, I'm putting a pin on the, in the language in this particular section. I just want, like I said, I just want to make sure the appropriate people get the appropriate notices in a timely fashion. And so that we can, we can play with the language. I'm not wedded to this particular language. What I am wedded is, wedded to is making sure that um, the notices are delivered um, when they need to be, so. We're on the same. We're on the same page in the goal. We we may have to wordsmith this particular paragraph a little bit, but um, there are at least three of us on the call who wordsmith for a living. So, um, 
Um, the rest of this stuff. Um, Um, paragraphs three, four, five is consistent with uh, prior decisions, both in terms of um, the amount of money, uh, the um, size of the bond, um, things like that. Um, and there is some, you know, there are the tree protection plan, stuff like that. It's, it's all important stuff, but it's also stuff that is consistently made applicable to other decisions. So um, it, they, it bears review and looking at, but I, it, it's, it's pretty consistent with their, not pretty consistent, it's exactly the same as what has been put in place in other decisions. Is um, that, yeah, no, that's fine. I was just gonna, I'm just reading three and is wondering that the applicant gave us a fairly, I don't wanna say detailed, but a pretty extensive uh, landscaping plan that may or may not comply with the literal language of minimizing destruction to, ex destruction to existing trees. I mean, I, I think they tried to, but I, I just trying to figure out how to make that consistent with the, with what they've already told us, the, the applicants already told us they're doing. We can, we can revisit it. I'll, I'll, we don't need to waste time on it right now. Okay. Um, I noted paragraphs six and seven. Um, the language, um, well, actually, um, six, seven, and eight, um, uh, all deal with pollution, drainage, stormwater, uh, stuff like that. Um, and this language is also, also consistent with uh, what has been contained in prior plans. The question I have, and I have not had a chance to satisf satisfy myself to that particular answer, is whether these sections as they are currently drafted uh, work and are applicable to uh, the current project. I'm not saying that they are. I'm not saying that they're not. What I'm saying is that I just haven't satisfied myself yet by looking at things and conversing whether they should remain in the decision or not. Um, they are somewhat technical in nature, engineering related, and uh, Again, if we're going to require something, I want to make sure that we're requiring the right things for the right reasons. 
And I just, I just don't know. Tim, do you have any uh, opinion on, on the, the language contained in these particular paragraphs? I'll have to give them a closer read. Um, so if I can put that on my list, that'd be great. Okay, thank you. Um, nine, submit a construction management plan. Um, is the language here sufficient? This is this is what has been in prior decisions. Um, um, You know, the next several paragraphs, 10, 11, 12, um, the thing in 12 is we've got A to M. Um, and to me, it looks um, just need to make sure that it is as comprehensive as it needs to be. These are these are probably the kind of things, Frank, which is probably just read just need a careful read, you know, but they they do all feel consistent to what we've required in other cases. Yeah, I just they just need a they just need a double check. They just need another agreed. set of eyes on them. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean my eyes are glazing over now. So <laughs> um Um, the final plans and specifications are subject to review and approval by the board's designated agent. Um, who is the board's designated agent? Is that the board's? Is the building inspector. We did that in another paragraph. Okay. Thank you asked you. me to look at that. I have it on my list. <laughs> I must I must be getting to get uh get hoopy here. Okay. All right. Um C2 in the paragraphs contained therein are also relatively standard. Um, and I just want to point out um, paragraph C23, the requirement to obtain written confirmation from the DPW director that the necessary public water and sewer capacity is available for the project. I believe I recall that that was a question that was asked and raised uh, during the course of the hearing. I believe by a member of the public. 
And I believe that Mr. Reardon noted that this particular requirement is in the decision and that is how it is uh, typically handled. Um, so I just wanted to, to note those, note that requirement um, for, um, you know, everything else is, is stuff that needs to be done uh, from a, almost from a paperwork and permitting process uh, by the applicant prior prior to construction being able to uh, to begin. Um, again, the language in here is drawn directly from um, prior decisions, several prior decisions by the board. Um, paragraphs nine, again, payment of the additional fees. Um, I also want to point out um, specifically paragraph 10, which deals with the continued oversight and review by the Milton Fire Department regarding uh, uh, fire safety related issues. This particular paragraph uh, deals with fire safety equipment. Um, then signage um, and the trash and recycling management plan for the Board of Health um, as, as well. Um, after having reviewed these 12 or so paragraphs, I'm hard pressed to identify uh, anything that has been missed. But again, this is also a, a set of things that needs another, uh, another set of eyes to make sure that there isn't anything specific to this project um, that we we haven't um, that we uh, have missed. Um, um, okay. Um, C three. Again, um, things that need to be completed um, before the issuance of certificate of occupancy uh, can be made, paving, landscaping, uh, fire safety issues, um, stormwater management, uh, things like that. Um, um, maintenance of stormwater systems, uh, things like that, basically everything that needs to be done. Again, like several of the previous things, I wanna make sure, again, a another set of eyes, wanna make sure that we've gotten everything here. Um, and then again, C4, again, relative to the, um, um, stuff that needs to be done. Um, prior to the issuance of the last, uh, the certificate of occupancy for the last unit. Um, again, also consistent with prior decisions by uh, the board. Um, 
any questions regarding any of the stuff in C. No questions. No. D1, uh, um, D, project design and construction. Um, so this is the stuff where some of the practical stuff where the rubber meets the road, where there can be issues or whatnot that uh, arise. In particular, um, I know um, D2, uh, the trucking plan. And um, in this area, the trucking plan could be uh, challenging uh, given the designation of, of um, Brush Hill Road as a scenic highway, as well as the concerns that were, and I'm mindful of the concerns that were expressed by uh, the Cushing Road Neighborhood Association relative to their, um, well, their concerns about truck traffic on their street. And uh, I know that Ms. McIntosh in particular had, had expressed a desire that, the, that there be no such traffic. Um, uh, having said that, uh, a trucking plan will need to be developed and this specifically requires it. Um, uh, this may be an issue that requires additional attention by the board in terms of whether or not any specific requirements for such a trucking plan need to be included here. So not suggesting it at this point, I'm raising it as an issue, issue spotting for the board. Jeff, you look like you're about to say something. Well, I was wondering with respect to this, um, you know, to me, especially section D, it might be helpful to have uh, Mr. Reardon take a look at this. Okay. Works for me. Um, Tim, again, going back to your your uh, point earlier uh, this evening relative to uh, folks who get notice. Uh, just pointing out the community contact section on this one. Got it. Um, the rest of this stuff is um, deals with some of the details associated with uh, construction in itself, emergency access when the during construction site, uh, storage of construction materials, how long stuff can remain uh, in an unstabilized condition, condition uh, when construction activity is, is allowed. And there are, um, Milton does have, have requirements in its bylaws relative to that. And those are not waived in terms of hours of operation and things like that. Um, 
um, also requirements dealing with um, um, mitigation of nuisances, if you will. Um, by that, I mean uh, vibration, dust, noise, uh, that, sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, um, and, and attempting to limit um, the inconvenience um, and disruption uh, on the neighborhood uh, relative to this uh, sort of uh, construction activity. Um, because it is disruptive. Uh, all construction is disruptive. So uh, um, again, D11 deals with snow and ice removal, uh, things like that. Um, so all construction impacts, all stuff that uh, will particularly interest the neighbors as the inconvenience uh, relative to construction has its impact on the neighborhood, assuming construction's allowed. So, E, the language in some of the paragraphs in E will probably need to be tweaked because this language, again, is drawn from earlier uh, decisions and whatnot. And some of those decisions contemplated uh, larger developments with um, driveway, uh, larger driveways, roads, et cetera. I mean, we, this particular one has a, has a, uh, a driveway that leads to where the dumpster is located, to the entrance of the parking garage and to the entrance of the out, outside parking facility. So some of the language here, um, may not be completely appropriate for the size and design of, of this particular um, um, pathway. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to take a look at. And one of the, the key questions I have is, um, and this was drawn specifically from another decision. I, I'm not quite sure that, that, and I, I need to have this uh, question answered. I'm not quite sure whether or not um, the work required on Brush Hill Road um, will require a permit or approval from uh, the Department of Conservation and Recreation. Jeff, it's a scenic highway, but do you have any idea if DCR gets involved? I don't. I don't think they do. Yeah, I mean, this is so. Again, this is one of those ones I think it need. I mean, we it's in the initial draft. It's kind of laid out by throwing everything in there, but I, I'm not quite sure that everything in here is completely, uh, totally appropriate. I'll take a closer look. Um, 
you know, and you can see that in E uh, in the next one, F1, where you can see where the genesis of that particular language was borrowed from. So, um, busted. Yeah. So, um, it's probably coming from the ice house, right? Well, Amor Road is mentioned Amor in that one, but oh well, okay. yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Amor Road, that makes sense. The Truman Highway down there. And the yeah. other thing, Amor Road made sense because just from the size perspective, too. Okay. Um, if you look, if you if you looked at all the decisions just from uh, the unit size perspective, it seemed to be the one that, in terms of not reinvent, I'm a I'm a big one for not reinventing the wheel. So, um, yeah, but modifying the wheel is, as, as is necessary. Um, in G, the water, sewer, and stormwater and other utilities, Jeff, you made an earlier suggestion that perhaps Mr. Reardon would be appropriate to look at something earlier. It could also be appropriate to have him look at this particular one as well. Yeah, I agree. So uh, um because not only here do we have the stormwater and other things, but here, uh, Nick, I, I think you were the one, if I recall correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, who noted uh, some of the lighting plan issues. There were, yeah, I I, I recall that the that um, the abutters had concerns about both about the ex the external lighting complying with dark uh, sky requirements they requested a lighting plan and they were also concerned about the shining of headlights from the garage exit i believe into the property abutting to the north especially and that there was i think if my recollection is correct there was going to be uh, consultations between the developer and the neighbor to come up with a suitable solution to that, but maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly. Well, this is the first mention of lighting in the decision. I, I know that that's probably an issue that's probably most appropriately handled in the conditions part of the decision, but I just want to want to mention it here uh, because of because of that. All right, I'll look at it. Um, H is also, you know, security for the completion of the infrastructure. Um, um, there are a number of general conditions here. Again, the general conditions bear review. Um, the general conditions here are conditions that have been generally made applicable to other projects within the town. Um, query whether there are any specific, <laughs> mix my metaphors, specific general conditions that 
would need to be made applicable to this. Uh, I'm thinking of anything need, anything additional needs to be said about, for example, uh, school bus stop or um, um, other matters. I think the school bus stop is a is an excellent um, thing to include uh, as as part of the conditions. And I also noted that there before no. Well, no, we we I think it's on the plan. Unless I, I could be also mixing up my cases too. It's in the earlier decision. It's in the earlier part of it. I saw it. Okay. No, I was just going to mention. I, I, I know. I know, Mr. Reardon, his last letter that came in had a several half a dozen of proposed conditions that he thought should be in there into into our into our final decision. And uh, I certainly want to make sure that. You know, I'll, I'll be happy to take a look to make sure that what Sh what Sean has recommended is actually in the decision. Okay. Um, what's the board's pleasure? We're now at the two hour mark. Uh, we've done a lot of issue spotting. We've done a lot of uh, looking at things. Um, uh, Ms. Barrett has been unable to join us. Um, so what's the board's pleasure in terms of uh, continuing or uh, uh, calling it a night for tonight and uh, rescheduling, uh, rescheduling, I'm sorry, scheduling uh, another uh, a gathering by this board for uh, uh, next week, mindful of the 40 day, uh, 40 day deadline. What's what's the board's pleasure? I'd, I'd vote for uh, um, having another meeting and, and getting to you, Frank, and to Judy comments on this draft and we can take a look at a subsequent draft. I, okay. I, I think, I mean, that, that that's my sense, what we are. That, that's absolutely my sense. I got, this came in this morning. I really didn't have enough of a chance to go through it in the level of detail that I, I think we all need. So. Uh, I, I would love that opportunity, and I think a meeting uh, in the middle of next week at some time convenient would be a, a good time to go uh, to get back again. Okay, so I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Um, okay. Now. There we go. So, uh, unfortunately, I think the time pressure is such that the board would need to meet next week. Yeah, um, that's fine. And um, fortunately, uh, for me, from a personal point of view, um, I am um, um, I am available um, any night next week. Um, I guess Miss Rich, um, subject to the availability of the town's facilities to uh, accomplish a meeting. Um, next, Tuesday. yep, next Tuesday or Wednesday. What works for you, for you guys? Uh, either of those days would be fine for me. I'm available both. The twenty fifth. Wednesday, Tuesday, I can't do. Wednesday, I could do. All right. Okay. So why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we continue this exercise? Uh, in the meantime, working on on issues so that we will we will continue this uh, exercise 
on Wednesday, the 26th at uh, 7 p.m. That's fine. Very okay. good. All right. Any <laughs> other, any other, uh, Crystal, you, it, that work for you? Yes. Yes, it does. Tim, does that work for you? Uh, it does, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, anything else that any members of the board want to uh, to mention before we sign off? I, I, I think that there has to be some review and some additional drafts, and I will also uh, coordinate with Mr. Sawinski in terms of reaching out to Ms. Barrett. Very good. So, all right. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate uh, your eagle eyes this evening and Thank your you. continuing efforts. Good night. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, everybody. guys. Good, night. Good evening.